This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 83, about Gotham Mad City, season 3, episode 6, Follow the White Rabbit. Hey, this is Drew Powell. I play Butch Gilzine on Gotham, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back to Gotham TV Podcast. This is episode 83 of our podcast about Gotham. This is Mad City, season three, episode six, Follow the White Rabbit. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hi, Gothamites. I'm one of your other hosts, John. Yeah, great to be back at this episode. Yeah. Lots and lots of Jervis Tetch in this episode, just like we thought. Oh, fantastic villain. Loving, loving the Tetch. Really good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah really, really good. good. I, I, I kind of like this episode because it was a bit um, a bit like uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, where they're being sent all across the city, uh, sorting out clues and solving clues. So uh, in case you haven't guessed, this is our spoiler-filled review of this episode. So make sure you do watch it before you continue through the podcast. Have you watched it? Yeah, okay, Grant, let's head on ahead. Um, just to repeat again, if you didn't hear in our podcast last week, we are going to Heroes and Villains Fan Fest in London at the end of the month. Uh, that's the 27th and 28th of May uh, in the Olympia in London. So come along and say hi if you're going. Uh, lots of the Gotham cast are going to be present at that event. Absolutely. Going to be really, really good fun, I think. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah. It should be great fun. David Mazous, for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Pertwee, who we've had on, on the podcast yep. interviewing. Butch Gilzean as well, uh, Drew Powell. Yep. We've also had uh, on the podcast, and of course it will be uh, Oswald Copperpot. We met him last year um, up in Blackpool at another convention. That's right. Um, we so, have yeah. had him on the podcast as well for an interview, Robin Rotary. That's true, from uh, New York Comic Con. So really uh, good to, to see... The, the Gotham cast in, in London, it will Absolutely. be, yeah. And we do also have one of the Gotham ladies, uh, Jessica Lucas, who That's plays true. Tabitha Galavan, is going to be there as well. Yeah. Cool. Should be great fun. So hopefully we'll get to see you there at the event. A couple more episodes to go before then, but we're really looking forward to heading over to London for that event. Absolutely. And for all the Heroes and Villains Fan Fest coverage that we will do, uh, plus, of course, all the episodes of Gotham Season 3 Mad City, you can find us on www.gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes, or you can search Gotham TV Podcast on any other good podcast catcher if you are an Android fan, yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, another big announcement that came out this week, we have confirmation that Gotham is coming y- back. Yeah, it's uh, it's number four. Yeah, yeah. season four. Um, but it's been moved to Thursdays at eight o'clock in the US, so mm-hmm. there'll be no more Gotham Mondays. Gotham um, Mondays hashtag is yeah. gone. Gotham Monday hashtag is no more finito. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get a fourth season. So that's really, really good news for all the Gothamites out there who are enjoying the show. Absolutely. Including um, ourselves. Exactly. And, and it does mean that Gotham TV podcast has been renewed. For another, for another season. season. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, Woo-hoo! we'll see, we'll see how we feel at the end of our, our 22 episodes for, uh, for season three. We're only on episode six, but still looking forward to, uh, to another season ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it'll just be interesting to see, uh, how close the UK or Ireland align with the US. I suspect it'll be another long delay though, to be honest. Possibly. Possibly, but no, nothing too negative this time. We've got uh, loads more episodes to go, and we're getting them every single week as we go. Uh, so, Season 3, Episode 6, I think it's time to get into it, John. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's go. Absolutely. Uh, this episode was directed by Nathan Hope. Uh, Nathan Hope was a cinematographer at the start of his career. He, um, he did the movie Hellraiser, uh, Inferno. Cool. Not Hellraiser, not the big one in the cinema, uh, one of the direct-to-DVD follow-ups, but uh, but great to see. Uh, he has also worked on Gotham before. He worked on Season 1, Episode 17 of Gotham, The Red Hood, which is interesting because last episode we talked all about The Red Hood gang. Yeah. So uh, he didn't get to direct The Red Hood last time. Maybe that's the reason they looked a bit different from the way they did in Season 1. <laughs> but great to have Nathan back for this episode. Uh, and this is the first pairing for our writing team of Stephen Lillian and Brian Windorant. Uh, they've done a number of other shows together, and they're going to be coming back for Gotham for episode 13 and episode 17, uh, the two of them writing the episodes together. So obviously a good team for Gotham. Yeah, it was it was a really good episode. And it's interesting you talk about Nathan Hope being a, a cinematographer. Mm. I really thought that that last scene with uh, Jim and Leslie on the, the seats in the corridor in the hospital and it just panning back very slowly, um, just the framing of that, it was 
it was so good. I mean, yeah. it really was kind of movie quality, and it was um, it, it was just that whole thing of it just encapsulated their relationship sitting in silence after everything that's happened, mm-hmm. and particularly in this episode with the choices Jim has to make. But a really nice shot uh, where he just pans the camera back slowly, really, really uh, beautiful. Yeah, and an interesting choice for Gotham. They usually end on kind of a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of an episode. This one seems to be close off the storyline and have that moment of silence as the camera pans back. So, yeah, very interesting. But, John, do you want to tell, tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. Jervis Tetch begins his revenge on Jim Gordon for the death of his sister Alice as he kidnaps and hypnotizes several civilians into life-threatening situations. He forces Jim to choose whom he will save. Meanwhile, Cobblepot realizes his true feelings for Nygma and plans to confess his love to him, but a familiar face comes back into Nygma's life. As Tetch makes his game more personal, the stakes get higher for Jim as Tetch later kidnaps Valerie and Lee. At a macabre tea party, he again forces Gordon to make a choice. This time he asks, who do you love? Who should I kill? As Jim answers, a single shot rings out as his choice is made. Yes. So, yeah, lots of lots of choices in this episode. A lot of choices. Um, and, yeah, I mean, really sort of evil Mad Hatter taking, taking his revenge here on Jim. Um, like, it, it's played so... So, so well, um, is, is Jervis Tetch. I, I really, I mean, just the, the craziness, um, at that final tea party, mm-hmm. um, amazing, really yeah. well portrayed, really sells this, this whole vengeance so well. Um, and I, I really think it's a great storyline for Jim Gordon as well, because I mean, just the, the, the play off, uh, between the two of them, I think is really, really top. It, wor- it works so well having, yeah. having Jim being this kind of character. Uh, he, he tends to, he's, he's been the investigator many times before, but having a big storyline to himself in this, in this episode feels like something that we were hoping to see in season one of Gotham and has gotten lost with so many characters in there, so many villains in there. It's great to see Jim getting some big, meaty roles uh, as, as the episodes go on. Uh, but if this is your first time joining us, the way we cover our episodes is we talk about our five case notes uh, and then some notes possibly about the episode as we go through, hopefully covering off everything about the episode. I think there's a big one that happens in this episode, though, to start us off, John. It is. It's Nygmogglepot. It is the the love between Cobblepots. And Nygma. Mm, yeah, um, yeah Mobile Pot is effectively announced in this. We yeah. see um, we see the Penguin really uh, start to believe what his feelings are towards uh, Ed Nygma in this episode. He finds them hard to articulate, and he he's tries several times in this episode to 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 spill his 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 feelings his love for for Ed Nigma um and I really liked how um you know it all came back to his mum again as well yeah. um you know to seize that opportunity uh take it by the horns and really um you know express his feelings um now we don't see him do it actually to Ed Nigma. Yep. The the, the chair is empty <laughs> and there may be a third person that has suddenly come into the mix to That's throw right. a spanner into the works. That's right. Um were Chelsea Spack, who um who had played uh Kristen Kringle previously, mm-hmm. um is here now as Isabella. It's an interesting return. I am wondering did dead Christina end up in uh in the bunker to the uh, the Professor Stranger's experiments in some way because um, the person is very stylized, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the very white blonde hair, um, just the very sassy, but it is the previous um, the previous actress. So, like, it's a really the, interesting idea. There yeah. has to be. There has to be something there, or maybe it is just to have that kind of doppelganger mm. look alike. Um, but really interesting. I'm hoping it does 
kind of tie back into to strange in some way to make it more real not that it is just someone who looks like her yeah i think that would be really cool that's really interesting because um, i think the last time we saw miss kringle it was just her hand inside of a snack machine in the gcpd wasn't it uh, after the body had been placed there by uh by by enigma um Versus Ed when they when they had their little switchover of characters, yeah, yeah, and I um, wonder whether this will sort of reignite uh, that uh, sort of dual personality of Ed Nickman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has been very much comfortable in the skin of the Riddler and, and the evil persona, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden that gooey, soft uh, chocolate brownie centre uh, of Ed Nickma suddenly rears its head again that we've not seen. Uh, in, in a while now from yeah. from Ed Nigma. And certainly, you know, their eyes meet over a few bottles of fine wine. Absolutely. Did you notice in the background of the scene in the uh, in the off license that they were in buying the wine, there was a huge big love yeah. heart in the background. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was quite a nice little touch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this seems to be kind of a uh, taken from a an Alfred Hitchcock film. I think it was Marnie is the name of it. Uh, it was either that or Vertigo. Actually, it was probably Vertigo, um, where a character comes into the main actor, main character's life, uh, who has a blonde wig and is played by the same actress as the woman he was in love with the, earlier on in the in the film, effectively. So a very similar kind of storyline here, where this blonde woman comes back into the life of Enigma. Interestingly, she comes back and the first thing she says to him, pretty much, is a riddle um, about time. So. Quite an interesting idea and very interesting thoughts that it might be uh, connected yeah, to. Yeah, she really puts the hooks in, to be honest, mm. with. with uh Greeting him with a riddle. Um, what was it? Uh, you struggle to regain me when I'm lost. You struggle to obtain me. What am I? Yeah, yeah. Time. Time. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, the hooks are in there because there's nothing more than a good old riddle. Absolutely. the riddle like. Absolutely. So I'm wondering, really, in this situation... Is it going to go down very well with Oswald? That's uh, the man he's about to profess his love to has fa- has refound the woman he loves. I, I kind of get a feeling that um, this, this is going to go south. Yeah, Isabella may yeah. not be around for a very long time. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, I don't say. think it's going to work out well. Um, you know, I mean, all the way through this episode, Cobblepot has been tripping over words acting a, a a bit of a fool because he's not been able to say anything and, and obviously um Nigma is on his way to a candlelit uh meal with the roaring fire mm-hmm. uh, and you know Oswald is practicing his lines that how he's going to uh profess his, his his feelings towards Enigma um you know and he, even be- Throughout the episode, there's, there's been that tic tac of you know I continue to be in awe of you, Oswald. You know because he tells um, the, the school kid effectively that you know join in with the other kids. Mm-hmm. It may not be as bad as you think, but if it is as bad as you think, well then push them down the stairs. <laughs> I you love know, that, like you do. <laughs> um, so really, like yeah. Yeah. Don't do that at home, children. Yeah, Please don't. don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do like that, but that's obviously how Oswald basically created himself from the start. If he didn't fit in, he'd just kill someone. You know? Yeah. So, so again, I think the writing is kind of on the wall here for poor Isabella, who doesn't know what she's walked into here. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, another honorary mention is Olga, the housekeeper from the old country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here, feeding... Oswald's huge amounts of food, almost like a replacement mum, I think, here, mm. you know, um, from the same country, um, but probably needs to get some English-speaking lessons. <laughs> I, did, I did love that little moment <laughs> with her where, where he's kind of going, I have no idea what you said, no idea what you're talking about. Then she says, da, and, she go, and he goes, ah, my mother taught me that. It means yes. <laughs> you definitely need to get English lessons. Yeah, very good. Uh, and possibly the reason for that gigantic amount of food, both at the start with Olga and at the end with uh, with him sitting waiting for Ed to arrive, is because obviously in the comic books and the more traditional version of Oswald Cobblepot is quite a heavy set character. He's quite a heavy character, very different from um, from this version of Oswald that we see in the show. Well, she's given so, him a good feed, put it that way. He yes. will be, what, 
a size 50 waist in no time <laughs> with that amount of food. I mean, I was looking at it whilst he was practicing his lines. And I mean, there was an entire tray of like stuffed peppers in front of him. Plus, like, I don't know, it was a, a you know, roast pig's head or something mm-hmm. on the table. So, I mean, yeah, Oswald is um, he's probably going to fill out in the next few years with might. that amount of uh, feeding from good old Olga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think he might. That could be the subtitle for season four. You know, is season four Gotham Oswald gets bigger. You know, the waffle returns <laughs> possibly. Uh, I think it's time to get on to number two. Uh, the other, obviously, huge thing that went on in this episode is really all about the choices of Jervis Tetch and the things, Absolutely. the choices that he makes Jim make throughout the episode really um the first one at the start i thought was really interesting kidnapping the married couple um and standing at the top of a of a bridge and then sending a child <laughs> out on underneath a tr- underneath a car basically um and making jim choose which one he's going to save first it's the red wedding but not as we know it jim <laughs> but not as we know it yeah that was uh not the best honeymoon. Um, really? the, the flight uh, was over quickly uh, for for the two lovebirds, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. As Jim heads for the child to save the child. Um, understandable. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I do like how it's twisted by Jervis a bit later on as, as uh, why is it that you went for the child? Well, obviously, it's because you hate marriage, Jim. The last woman that you saw <laughs> yeah. in a wedding dress was holding a shotgun. Um, don't think it was that. I think it was just the natural human instinct of trying to save the child, right? Yeah, although presumably Oswald would have just walked away. Because to, to begin with, he wasn't so keen on, on going to the school to open up, uh, you know, the, the, the new school or, or yes, whatever but he uh loves kids. <laughs> he absolutely loves kids but yeah um interesting choice uh really there and then obviously this this kind of game of cat and mouse hide and seek continues as they um he goes to another kind of uh location where there's a big telescope um, and they have a face, somewhat face-to-face uh, telephone call, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of interesting. I like that. And he also sees here uh, then Valerie being kidnapped. Um, and he learns only later that Leslie Tompkins has been kidnapped That's right. uh, when he tries to call her um, to to warn her that Tetch potentially is going after her. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, really interesting. I did love that conversation between the Hatter and Jim on the phone. I thought that was really good as Jim keeps hanging up on him and then gets his... Finally, after hanging up on him twice, he gets his opportunity to um, to kind of niggle back at uh, Mad Hatter, saying that his sister hated him, that this is not Jim's fault, that Jim's just going to walk away until Valerie, he finds out that Valerie's been kidnapped. So, uh, but a great moment there and, and a, a great performance uh, in that in that scene um, as the Mad Hatter gets more and more angry with Jim. Yeah, I mean, I, I love how the, the Mad Hatter just becomes more unhinged as mm-hmm. as Jim effectively is telling him the truth. You know, it's it's a really great performance mm-hmm. here, I think. Yeah. Um so good. Um you know, he's wanting to be in control, he's wanting to be smart, but underneath that it's the unhinged craziness of, of the Mad Hatter of Jervis Tetch, yeah. which is is just so believable. Yeah. I'm so glad to cast someone as good as Benedict Samuel in this role. He's really, really knocking out of the park in the role. Uh, the other big choice um, that we get as well is the doctor and the journalist, uh, the substitutes for Lee and, and Valerie, um, where Jim has to choose to kill either one of them and the other one gets electrocuted. So setting up our end, our end scene and Jim, because he's a valiant man, decides to choose neither and both of them are killed. So, um, so yeah, just showing again, Jervis is completely unhinged and will and willing to kill anybody in the city to get what he wants. Yes, and ultimately with Valerie and and Lee, that Jim will be forced to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that that was uh, really good. And of course, you have the then the GCPD coming in um, as well mm-hmm. to on on this particular case. But Jim then decides to you know ignore them effectively and, and leave them out of his pursuit of Jervis uh, when it gets personal down to um you know Valerie and Lee being uh, both being ca- kidnapped yeah yeah for yeah. that really awesome tea party um you know <laughs> I love this is one of the things I love about the Mad Hatter just the whole Alice in Wonderland vibe absolutely and just how surreal um it can get with him and and this was I mean just just really good. I mean, even down to the tray with Jim's 
uh, Gordon's gun on the on the tray, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, his, his two thugs uh, next to him, kind of the stand-in for the the Tweedle brothers. Um, in this case, yeah. Dumfrey and Diva Tweed return to to Gotham. Yeah, so um, really enjoyed that, uh, and it was just a great tense atmosphere. It really was built nicely. Mm-hmm. Um. Like I, I just I loved this. I think uh, you know you were kind of going, who is he going to to pick here? Oh, definitely. This, this is so good, and you are kind of thinking. And I know this is one of our uh, other notes, but you know, where's Barbara here? Because mm-hmm. you know, there is a third person, uh, and that's it's really interesting why she's not there. And yeah. yet, Jervis Tetch has just chosen uh, Leslie and Valerie. Absolutely, yeah. Just to come back quickly on the Alice in Wonderland touches in the episode as well, because obviously we've had the Tweedle Brothers before, but I loved the idea that when Jim's having the conversation with the Hatter over the phone and he's looking through the telescope on the side of it, it has through the looking glass, which was the second Alice in Wonderland novel. Yeah. And obviously there's also the guy who leads Jim all the way around, uh, who's painted white. So he is the white rabbit in yeah. the episode. So uh, well known from, from Alice in Wonderland as well. So loads of nice connections yeah. there. The albino man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really good. Um, like really nice touches mm-hmm. uh, throughout all of this. Um, and, you know, I'll again... Jim unhinges him, tries to effectively disrupt his plan by bringing it back to his sister. You know that um, she, you know, she was happy that she died because she was free of her brother, who was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, you know that there was no love lost there. That the ideal picture in in Jervis's mind of, of what his relationship with his sister is, you know, is being gradually eroded by by Jim, and just the the reaction, just. Like him breaking down, the eyes watering, the 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 frothing mouth, just so intensely yeah, good. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was really cool. Uh, I love his description <clears throat> of Lee and Val here as well, saying Lee still has love for you, Jim. Valerie has hope for you. Nice little differentiation between the two characters there. You know what it is about them. Lee's kind of understands the type of person he is and still loves him, but realizes you can't be with him. Val still hasn't gotten to that point, so she still hopes he can change and become the person that she believes he can be. Yeah. Uh, lovely, lovely choice. So the big question then comes to Jim says, kill Lee here. So I don't know. Why did he choose Lee? Why did he choose Lee to get shot? Uh, my feeling is that he knew Jervis would shoot the other person because he is Jim. He's a, te- he's a detective. So I think he, he had that moment with Lee at the end of the episode where he says about that thing I said, and she says, not, not now. And that's when it goes to silence and yeah, goes yeah. to credits. So I think Jim was about to tell her there that I knew he'd shoot her. That's why I chose you. Um, yeah. You know, that kind of, kind of a double play there. Yeah. And it was a really nice twist as well that I think Jervis does here where he starts off saying, you know, tell me which one you love. Mm-hmm. And after that, it's tell me which one I should kill. Yeah. Um, and, you know, really kind of twisting the knife into to Jim here. Um, yeah, no, I, I would say it's the same thing. Absolutely. I think in his mind, if he had said Valerie, Jervis probably would have still shot Valerie mm-hmm. um, by by saying Lee, he shoots Valerie yeah. um, because he knows that as soon as Valerie hears that and she's shot, it's over between yeah. the two of them. Yeah. She's like, I'm not going anywhere near you crazy ever again. Whereas, you know, it just the, the tension between Jim and uh, Leslie then now it is going to be unbearable. And now you've got the mobster wedding coming into it. So, I mean, this is just really becoming more complex for both Leslie uh, and Jim and also with Mario now. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. Um, really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, on to our next point. You did kind of mention it there a little bit. So, Babs and Tabs. Uh, back, yep. in, back in the sirens again. I love talking about these two. They're, they're really great together. Loved it. Uh, just the first little mention that, uh, that Tabitha was successful in getting Butch Gilzine back. Um, he's back eating red meat and dealing with the two of them, basically. So a uh, nice little moment there where Barbara doesn't seem too jealous of Tabitha, but is asking whether the relationship has been rekindled between the two of them. And Tabitha smiles and says, um, we'll find out, but not yet. Kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. So, uh, like that. But yeah, the big moment really is that Babs is the one that told Jervis Tetch all of the information that he needed to trap Jim and to get the two women uh, in his life uh, and get them into the room and find out which one to kill. So once again, Barbara is still messing with Jim's life. 
Uh, big time. Yeah, Re- really um, just showed the Machiavellianness of, of Barbara now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she, she's, she's got such a good line in this show by being connected to Jim Gordon and almost kind of being free from from his wrath to an extent. Absolutely. You know, it's a, it's definitely developed into a love-hate relationship, but he also knows that she's his key to the underworld, that she will divulge as much to him about the underworld of Gotham as she will divulge to the underworld of Gotham Absolutely. about him. <laughs> so it's kind of a delicate balance, but um, you know, she has a really great little position here along with Tabitha yeah. uh, in Gotham society now. And I, I think it, it really comes up so well. And of course with it, she's, she's flippant and, and sarcastic to boot. You know, Jim is chucking around liquor uh, bottles, smashing them in, in the bar, mm-hmm. shooting up the walls. And as he kind of rushes uh, out, you know, she, she kind of, chases after him with the phrase we'll send you the bill for the damage you know um she she seems unperturbed by his mood swings mm-hmm. um and she's settled in quite nicely to her her, her craziness and, and her dysfunctional relationship with jim uh, yeah. really nicely yeah. uh, she just always seems good. to want to be involved in his life that kind of seems to be it but just in, not in a great way talk about your crazy exes really yeah <laughs> basically um but let's go on to our fourth point uh captain barnes we see some of his superpowers in this episode as he gets more and more angry and his face um kind of bulges up a bit with the with the strength and power and he bends the metal chair yeah well, quite interesting so uh, still no reveal of who the character is and um, we still don't know uh, it could be another couple of episodes before we see that but yeah it looks like he's now become pretty super strong yeah he's he's building up his strength also uh uh, Bullock notices that he's not using his crutch anymore, yeah. um, which is uh, important. And it, I wonder, you know, does the the strength just come on when he gets mad, a bit hulkish, yeah, mm. to an extent, or is it that he is able to kind of control it because he does kind of get that that red monster eye, but then he's able to rein it back in. Like I was wondering, was he going to attack um, the albino dude, the white rabbit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what does he become uncontrollable and it, at this moment in time he seems to have some kind of handle on it um yeah i'm not too sure if bullock hadn't interrupted him at that moment i'm i'm, I'm thinking he may have actually attacked um the white rabbit uh for for information yeah but it, it shows the control that he has and i'm i'm also wondering if he is going to start raiding the, the the stocks of Alice's blood, like I'm, you know, Bullock's now got this hint that, you know, he's better at least and can walk without the aid of a crutch. You know, will it be that Leslie starts to see that maybe uh, a, a couple of vials of Alice's blood have gone missing, and um, that that Captain Barnes is kind of shooting up with this stuff in maybe. order to maybe increase his strength maybe. Uh, and maybe that's when it gets uh, out of hand. Yeah, yeah, maybe but um, but yeah, lucky, I, I think lucky for the kid that uh, that Bullock arrived in at that, at that yeah. particular moment. Good uh, man, Bullock. Yeah, but poor poor kid, poor white rabbit man um, basically mm-hmm. just continually repeating on a loop, um, I have a message for you, Jim Gordon. I mean, yeah. you know Tetch basically has just left let him out into the world to deliver the message yet the 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 loop of hypnotism is still going round and round in, in the poor guy's head it, it kind of reminded me of jessica jones with um the kid who was told by the purple man to go and stand by the railings and not move forever yeah and kind of later in the the episode you just see him still stood by the railings it's just yeah, yeah. you know the, this psychological damage has been inflicted on the poor white rabbit dude yeah. um and he's but he's just repeating this it's such a good touch though because I, did, I didn't recognize that that's what he was doing he was saying over and over again effectively get me jim gordon i have a mess another message for him i have a second message for him i love the little touch yeah it was only when jim arrived that he was able to to change and give the next message, the next set of the message to Jim. <clears throat> thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, the fact that, that the Mad Hatter call, called out that um, you need to go back and see an old friend. I thought he was speaking about Oswald because he said he knew everything about Jim. I thought it was going to be a reference to go see Oswald. He has your next piece of the puzzle. But the White Rabbit had identified himself as 
hello friend when he met Jim the first yeah. time. So that's who he was talking about. So that was that was quite an interesting touch though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think um on to our fifth case note. Mm. And that's the the chit chat between uh, Valerie Vale and Leslie Tompkins. It's just good to see these two characters interact. Yeah. Because they've obviously both got a relationship with Jim. It's just good to see the two of them have a moment. And I like that Valerie's still using her investigation skills. She was supposed to be setting <laughs> yeah. up an interview with Lee, um, asking more and more detail about uh, about uh, Alice Tetch and her blood. And then she kind of switches it and asks the question that we all really want to know, that there is some more detail behind. We don't get an answer to it, unfortunately, but why did Lee choose to move back to Gotham? So, um, so her response is, I didn't come for James Gordon, if that's what you're asking. Don't think that's what... That's what Valerie was asking. I think as a journalist, she is genuinely curious here yeah. as to why Lee did move back to Gotham. Um, what's your thoughts? I've got, I've got a theory. Well, well, certainly Jervis Tetch notes the true identity of her fiancé. Mm-hmm. Um, and so does Valerie now, of course. Um, but I I mean, and also I, I, I think that in Valerie, at least it's, you know, Leslie Tompkins has already been on a face-to-face with one of uh, Jim's... Uh, other exes with with Barbara, and that didn't work out too well. And I mean, at least Valerie is saying, and I like how they work together to sort of then, you know, after her persistence really wasn't paying off, and, and Leslie said, like, can we just get out of here? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that uh, that they kind of work together. But I, I think, you know, Valerie has some kind of lowdown. There's some kind of something on the streets or whatever that this blood... Um, has got special properties and, and she's really wanting to find that out. And I, I think with, um, with Lee, it may also be that she has an idea of who Mario is. And um, she knows, absolutely. Yeah. And she certainly she... knows now after the tea party. Yeah, but remember she did threaten uh, Ed with her father-in-law. Uh, so she definitely knows that, that Mario is involved in the, in the gangster business. I'm wondering if, if it is just simply that, uh, obviously, um, Falcone left Gotham to Oswald previously. I wonder if this is just Mario coming back to Gotham to reclaim what his father left behind. And that's why Lee had to come, you know? Maybe, but it's also that Mario is trying to not be in that same business. Mm. Uh, Now, whether that is not true at all, but he's obviously, you know, a successful surgeon absolutely um and, and medic so whether he's even got time to do uh mafioso uh <laughs> stuff i don't know you know um, but at the moment there's nothing there that i i suspect is that he's been um trying to pull the wool over leslie's eyes I, th- right. I think it's actually quite genuine i think what might happen is that again with this whole tea party with the choice that jim had to make that is now hanging in the air um he he really does and potentially um might just turn because jim will he steal leslie back from him will leslie you know get so um sort of not confused, confused isn't the right word, but, you know, just just so um, sort of upset about what's gone on that sh- she too becomes conflicted about her own feelings. So awesome. um, I, I have a feeling that whatever happens, Mario may also ha- turn uh, on a dime because of the involvement of Jim Gordon in, in some way yeah. and, you know, reconnect with his father's business, yeah. um, you know, Put aside the the um, the profession of, of a doctor and move to to inherit his, his rightful uh, place in the Gotham uh, underworld. Maybe, but yeah, definitely. Poor Lee can't get out of Jim's life. Not really. at all. <laughs> <laughs> poor thing. Uh, but that's that's it for our five points for the episode. A couple of little notes um, from the episode. I think our first one, as as it is each week, uh, we started this. Uh, we started our competition of the Bullockism of the week each week, which is our, <laughs> yeah. our quote from Harvey Bullock. Uh, I think I'm just going to choose one that's really kind of a Bullock moment. He's being very functional at the moment, very operational. Yeah. Um, he hasn't done 
the bullockisms that we were expecting yeah. in the last two episodes. No, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately not, which is a shame for our competition. <laughs> However, um, yeah, he, 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 but I think it's quite nice to in, integrate more into the plot line. Absolutely. Um, more fully rather than just simply kind of doing one-off quips. And I, I think that's important for, for Harvey Bullock uh, to mm-hmm. do because, you know, he was so central in, in season one and he has gradually kind of, as the GCPD has kind of gone into the background a bit, you know, he, that's happened to him. And he, he was just doing the, as, that's why we did the Bullockism of the Week. Um, you know, he, he was kind of one-off quips, which were great. And, yeah. and it really sort of lighten the mood of Gotham, but it's nice to see him a bit more integral in some of this plot line. Like, you know, absolutely. So I think the one we've chosen for this week, um, Bullock's moment of the week, if you will, uh, is just his moment with Jim when he comes to him at the end and says, why didn't you come to me, Jim? Effectively, you know, they're brothers at this stage. They've worked together so, so well over the years now that Jim's been in Gotham. Um, but then Jim kind of says to him, you know, I was doing my best here. And he immediately accepted. He says, "You did. You did what you thought was right." Yeah, you know? it was a nice touch to yeah. to reconnect these two partners. I think definitely, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And just a couple of little moments from the episode that I really enjoyed. Um, and what, what about this one, John? The uh, is the our Batman sixty six moment is the bomb in the shoebox <laughs> for <laughs> Nikki the nails place that Ed gives to his secretary and says. Um, Put it outside the door, uh, <laughs> ring the doorbell, and then light it and run away, uh, which is an instruction that I don't think any secretary in the world or personal assistant in the absolutely, world has ever gotten. Absolutely. I, to be honest, I, I think this, um, you know, along with him giving two sets of itineraries, one for the duties uh, as, as the mayor and also then uh, the duties as the kingpin of Gotham's underworld. Absolutely. Um, I thought... I thought this was really just a great little Batman 66 moment, you know, um, <laughs> both that and then giving his secretary, you know, the shoebox to, to blow up Nikki the Nails Place. I'd, I'd like to know a bit more about Nikki the Nails Place. I presume just another rival gang. Yeah. Um, but it also seems like it could be a beauty parlor as well. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Um, Possibly. You know, or it may not be anymore if, if the, uh, the personal assistant has, has done her job. And yeah, set off exactly. That bomb. <laughs> so uh, th- this was a nice uh, little crazy moment, I think for Gotham in uh, this episode. Absolutely. Yeah, really liked it. What do you think overall? John? Well, I definitely, I, this I get would give um, four, shoebox bombs out of five <laughs> i think the central um jervis tetch and jim gordon plot um you know following the white rabbit i think i just thought it was really well done it really brought an intensity to this episode of gotham i i think it, it you know it reignited jim's hugely complex relationship between all of the three ladies that he's been involved with leslie barbara yeah. and now uh valerie vale so i thought this was a really good good episode yeah. you know um and to see nig model pot come to um come to fruition is it's just so I think it's really important, yeah. you know. Um the two of them are like brothers in crime, but it, it is mm-hmm. more than that. There's a tenderness there, there's a, a respect, and I thought that was like really important. I really want to see whether uh Oswalds can get the words out uh, and um tell yeah. Ed his true feelings. But having said that, no sooner is it there than there is a complication with yeah. Isabella in the 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 um you know the form of Christine Kringle to mm-hmm. an extent. Yeah. So it'll be really intriguing to see how that kind of plays out and how that disrupts this this blossoming romance between uh, the two uh, kings of of the the underworld yeah. in Gotham. Yeah, absolutely. And interesting to find out if there's any connection with uh, with Professor Strange as well. It'd be great to see him back. I think that would be really cool. Mm. Uh, to have that kind of connection. I like it. Um, you know, otherwise it is just a doppelganger and that's fine as well. But I think just given what's happened in Gotham, um, yeah. the, the crazier the, the plot and certainly with Professor Strange, I think the more, 
reasonable and sensible it sounds for the world of Gotham. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and of course, we have had the doppelganger before. We have we have had five one of one four a versus doppelganger. Yeah, um, definitely. So, so that is absolutely possible. Maybe there's a whole gang of doppelgangers that are in there. Don't particularly know why they choose um, why they choose Kristen Kringle specifically to be a doppelganger. Other than the connection to Ed, because he was in the hospital. So, but if the Court of Owls has identified Ed Nigma as mm-hmm. this this new form of supervillain in Gotham, Absolutely. had identified that you know one of the people who could really undermine him is Christine Kringle, yeah. then why why not? Um, you know, it's Very interesting because we've not seen the Owls for for a while now. We haven't. Uh, and Fish is still uh, on the run. Absolutely. And 514A was kidnapped by the Court yeah. of Owls last time we saw them. So, so you know, a, a lot um, sort of in the mix here. Definitely. Definitely. Really interesting. I'm really hoping that Valerie pulls out of, uh, of the the gunshot wound that happens in this episode. Yeah, for me, I'm the same, John. I think this is a really good example of Gotham. I really liked the central storyline and all the side offshoots. It was a very straight down the line kind of storyline, but um, some great characters in here. And once again, Benedict Samuel knocks it out of the park as uh, as Jervis Tetch really, really enjoyed it. So thanks so much for joining us for this episode, listeners. Really good to have you on board again for another another episode. So just after we finished recording, we got some feedback in from Claire Payne, one of our listeners from uh, season three of uh, Gotham or for season three of Gotham so far. Uh, She starts off with her bullockism of the week for episode five. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Claire says that Detective Bullock to Edward Nigma whilst investigating the shooting of the Red Hood gang is her bullockism of the week for episode five. Um, Detective Bullock, it goes, even before you went crazy, I never liked you. And Ed responds to Bullock, your zipper is down. <laughs> yes. So love that. Ha- flying low without a license. <laughs> even before you went crazy, I never liked it. There's the Bullockism of the week. Thanks so much for that, Claire. Uh, Claire also sent us in feedback for the six episodes so far. In the yeah, season. absolutely. Great Thank to you, have, Claire. Yeah, great yeah. to have you catch up with us uh, now, Claire. So I think I think Claire is going to be on board watching our episodes as we go. So thanks so much for the feedback. Uh, Claire starts off with, impressive is the word I would use to describe the first six episodes of Gotham. The six-month time jump has really given the characters time to grow. I was a little skeptical about Jim becoming a bounty hunter, but the change of career has definitely brought out a different angle to his character seeing the court of owls as soon as we have has been really good as it feels it gives us an understanding of the depths of control they have in gotham city their signature theme music really stands out whenever one of their characters is present yeah really interesting thought yeah there, I, th- I think um that's really right actually the, the the difference in the dynamic that jim gordon has now that he's you know he he's still it's consistent being the bounty hunter with being in the police to some extent, but yeah. it is outside of the GCPD, and it does really add some levels to Jim's character. Definitely. I think certainly in this episode, episode six, you know, we we kind of see that he he goes to the GCPD, he involves them in um, Jervis Tetch's plan, but when it comes down to the two ladies of Valerie and Leslie, mm-hmm. he feels he has to do it by himself and like hit out on his own. That's right. Uh, independent of the GCPD. And I, I think that, that only kind of, it, it works even more so. I mean, he would have done that in the past, but I think the fact he's a bounty hunter, um, now, Although not a successful one, I hasten to add, <laughs> um, according to uh, some right. uh, in Gotham. Val was telling him just to go back to the police force. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, it really makes it feel right what he's doing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for someone as a stickler for uh, protocol and the GCPD, him going off and being kind of inconsistent, sometimes you had to just take a step back to believe that that's what he was doing it was yeah. here i think it definitely makes a difference yeah definitely and as for the music for the for the uh court of owls i'm definitely going to be looking forward to that when that when they return later yeah. on the series which i'm sure they will uh, claire goes on to say sirens is another visually beautiful addition with the live music definitely uh, it's really interesting for a nightclub to be one of the go-to places for information again ivy's aging process was done really well i'm just glad it made sense in the storyline i also really enjoyed marv as one of the monsters that has, had escaped from indian hill yeah some great points there over the last 
last uh, over the last five episodes. Uh, I know we talked about a lot of them in depth. Uh, great to hear your your take on them, though. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a bit more of Miss Peabody as she was a very valuable character in season two. Very true, such a sad loss to Miss Peabody that early in the show. Uh, David Mazus has done a brilliant job in playing two Bruces again. Another new element this season in question was why. 514A was made. Yeah, yeah. There's still that open question. There, he's with the Court of Owls now. Yeah, he's been kidnapped, and yeah, to see why he was made is going to be really interesting moving forward. Um, I think as well, totally with you, Claire, on Miss Peabody. She was such a great character, and of course, you know, Professor Strange is still alive, and it would have been really good to see the two of them hook up in some capacity again. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, as former. Uh employees together and mm-hmm. um, you know they work so well together and she really really did i think add even more to professor strange's character um she was so good yeah really uh sad to see miss peabody finished off with a rather quick aging process it was, yeah. it was yeah but you never know it is gotham there could be another miss peabody out there I'm sure there must be. Um, and who knows? You know, we do have Chris Kringle uh, to some extent back. Uh, so maybe Miss Peabody will be uh, reinflated to uh, get rid of those wrinkles um, and she might and be back in the game, so to speak. Yes. Probably not, though, of course. Zombie Peabody. Yeah, zombie Peabody. <laughs> Claire goes on to say, each episode I feel gets better and better with the introduction of Jervis Tetch is fantastic. He is totally different in how I expected him to be. My heart was in my mouth when he hypnotised the man in the Sirens nightclub to balance on the edge of the chair. His feud with Jim over Alice's death feels like a thriller, especially in this recent episode. The scene in Leslie's and Mario's house was superb. The intensity and change of character in Jervis was hypnotic in itself. Absolutely. Completely. He is a great addition to Gotham. I would say, for me, up there with Ed Nigma, the Riddler, in in terms of what he brings to this show. Mm -hmm. Um, I I mean, he's one of my favourite Batman villains, so I'm going to be biased. Of course I am. (laughs) But, like, he is really, really good uh, in this. And I think he gives a lot now with this fuse with Jim. You know, it gives Jim... Gordon as a character a lot to react off um, and I think that's again another great solid aspect to this season uh, especially for Jim's character yeah yeah uh, Claire goes on to say she's absolutely delighted that we have Mayor Cobblepot and his housekeeper Olga uh, she says she tweeted Deborah Unger who plays the character of Olga to find out if Grace Vandal's head is still an ornament at Cobblepot Manor uh, Deborah's reply was Olga has definitely removed <laughs> it and a box is far too good for that woman <laughs> Uh, really good. I love the cast on Twitter. The, the cast, even even some of the minor players in the show, uh, always have some great fun with the fans. So, uh, uh, nice one, Claire. Yeah, you can imagine Olga um, dusting it with a feather duster yeah. or something to to make sure that uh, you know that uh, reminder to uh, to Cobblepot mm-hmm. uh, of what he's been through it still remains fresh and dust free. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I Claire says, I really love the opening scene where Oswald is explaining how he feels about Ed and has every intention in telling Ed that day. The chief of staff Ed is evidently organised and how serious he is taking his role. I don't like what Ed did to Butch. Butch, for me, is someone who has taught Oswald a lot about the Gotham underworld. I don't want to get into character analysis too deeply, but I can almost see Ed getting bored in his current position and eventually needing to do his own thing. Mm-hmm. I did chuckle when he gave the secretary a device to be placed outside Nicky the Nail's place. Not twice, light, <laughs> then run. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I think... Ed is going to be a bit duplicitous in in this yeah. uh, season, and, and I I think I agree with you. I think he's going to want to move on from um, his second in command. I wonder whether you know his his intentions that he describes to Butch, whilst it was a red herring for Butch, and he betrays him, mm-hmm. undermines him. Whether actually there is a significant grain of truth uh in that yeah um you know yeah and uh, i wonder if that's going to happen and maybe even kind of get advanced and accelerated a bit now by meeting isabella um and you know 
if that's going to interrupt Oswald and Ed. And Nick Mugglepuff. <laughs> Nick Mugglepuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, then, you know, I think that could be a really good bit of um, chaos coming in from left field yeah. for for the seemingly solid uh, Ed Nigma and Oswald Cobblepot. Yeah. Uh, finally, uh, Claire says, Oswald's hesitation in telling Ed how he feels was really lovely. A different emotion we are seeing from Oswald. Uh, found me wanting Oswald to tell Ed so much. Does Ed feel the same way? Uh, we'll have to wait and see, especially as Ed just happened to meet the blonde bombshell Isabella, who has the uncanny resemblance to Miss Kringle. Was this a chance meeting, or is the Court of Owls involved? Interesting. She's got the same thoughts as you do, yeah, John. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, can't, um, can't wait to see how this evolves. I'm enjoying all aspects of Season 3 so far, and absolutely delighted Gotham is coming back for a fourth season. Absolutely, Claire. Um, one for Gotham coming back as a fourth uh, for its fourth yep. season. And, and yeah, I mean, I definitely feel there is something Court of Owlsy here mm-hmm. going on with um, this lady, Isabella, who looks suspiciously like Christine Kringle. And mm-hmm. um, it will also actually... Uh, didn't mention this in the podcast, um, but it'll be interesting to see if Leslie happens to come across uh, Isabella, what she thinks. Maybe. It'd be yeah. really interesting because obviously in the last episode, she gave uh, Ed a pretty decent right hook there for uh, what he did to Christine Kringle. That's very true. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping this adds another layer of, of intrigue, mystery, and... Uh, yeah, chaos yeah. to an already mad sissy. Absolutely. I, you know, do you know what I love about having the opportunity to finish our podcast and then come back and re-record this? I've just thought about another character. It's also a possibility that Clayface may be involved here as well. Clayface, who, who took the place of Jim Gordon last season. Um, it's a possibility that he could have also come back as Chris Kringle. What do you think? That is a really interesting point. There you go. Yeah. Just theories at this stage. Loads more of season three to cover. And thanks so much uh, for sending on your feedback, Claire. If you want to send in your feedback, just email us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. Pop over to the website at gothamtvpodcast.com and leave us a voicemail if you want to do it that way. Or follow us over on our group on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash gothamtvpodcast. Absolutely. And make sure you keep those bullockisms coming into us. If you have a bullockism that we haven't talked about, send it into us. If we've already talked about it, send it in. You'll enter the draw to win our uh, our little Harvey Bullock pop and some other prizes later on in the season. Yeah, keep sending in those bullockisms um, and being with a chance to win a vinyl pop of the bullock. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Yeah, so our episodes are out every Wednesday on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, or you can listen to them uh, on our podcast channel, gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes or any other good podcast catcher. Uh, we will be back for episode seven of Mad City Red Queen next Wednesday, the 24th of May. Mm. Red Queen. Who's the Red Queen? I know. Interesting. Very interesting. Thanks so much, Gothamites, for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Yeah, as always, thank you so much for listening, and we will speak with you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby.